This is Corolla Digital. This is Reasonable Doubt with your hosts, Mark Garagos and Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Mandate, get on. And welcome to yet another Reasonable Doubt. I'm Adam Corolla. That's Mark Garagos. Good to see you, Mark. It's good to see you, too. Do you know my favorite expression? Hmm. Reasonable doubt for a reasonable fee. Do you like that? Yeah, that was, it used to be. I wanted to make T-shirts with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I said something. Oh, boy. Poor Gary's got to go look in my email now. <laughs> I was going out to dinner with Lynette the other night, and I, I just broke off some sort of one of my, one of my uh, quotes, and uh, I told her, write that down and send it to me so I'll remember it. Because uh, I always say – I find myself saying things like disappointers never disappoint right. and things like right. that. And, and I'm, I'm not that enamored with myself, but I do mean it. Yeah, like, but it's I, a, that's I, a good one. Disappointers never disappoint. I like I, I've, I, Like if there's someone who's late, they're always late. Right. Like right. They just don't disappoint. They don't disappoint in the good way and the people don't disappoint right. in a negative they're, way. They're, at least they're consistent. Yep. I, uh, as we were – talking and and gary i think she sent it to me a couple of days ago but uh i i can't remember if i've even said on the show but um so when we're when we left off our last episode i've been on the edge of my seat <laughs> so gloria allred and my and myself i don't know if you have any personal feelings about gloria allred i don't think i've known gloria a huge fan of I've, I've known gloria my entire career i've uh about 10 years ago Gloria was representing Amber Fry when I was representing Scott Peterson, and that was a – she would come out and do – you know, we we had at least to the public, it was a uh, ongoing feud. And then maybe 30 years ago, she was um, – she ha- re- represented somebody who was suing one of my clients. We've had cases against each other. Um, my My personal feeling is that Gloria is incredibly effective at what she does. And right. she, you know now, what I mean? Are, She's, well, yeah, but that, does that make her a good lawyer or does that make her smart or does that just make her good at what she does? She's good at what she does. I would say, and I think she would agree with this, is that one of her partners, Nate, who I have a great admiration for, is um, as a trial lawyer, is probably the better trial lawyer. Right. That her, her thing is more get out in front of the cameras and... And create, stir it up. Stir, it, stir up. it up. And then, and then and ma- she's good at that. And the media, the media is, I mean, she plays the media like a fiddle, as the old expression goes. Hey. Calls that, I mean, you can picture in your mind, can't you, that conference room of hers where she's sure. calling a press conference and there's their woebegone, you know, plaintiff who, sure. you know, usually a female who's downtrodden. And full of the, uh, in front of the wall of books. Books, legal exactly. Books. Legal books. Someday it's going to have to, um, she's going to have to update that. I'll, I'm going to tease her about that <laughs> because nobody uses a legal book anymore. You're on the internet and hey, what's the matter? You don't have Westlaw because that's almost malpractice per se if you don't. So, um, by the way, uh, Gary, I think it was Tuesday oh, evening. Okay. What? Well, you can tell me what what I said. They don't know. They don't care, and they don't care to know. <laughs> That's good. I yeah, like that. You feel that way about most people, right, just, they, right? They don't know. They don't care, and they don't care to know. That's, Which is going to be our ongoing theme about why it's so easy to succeed in America, because that's the that covers a great percentage of people. When I got into comedy and i used to look at comedy 
like anyone else did. I'd sit home and go, man, Bob Hope is so funny. And, and oh, there's Johnny uh, Carson. There's Johnny Carson. There, Paul Lynn, he's sitting in that middle square and he's so lightning fast, you know. And then I realized, oh, they have a team of writers and these things are all worked out in advance. And Paul Lynn knew the answer and knew the question and had the jokes and had the writers. Yeah, and it was all it was that already, kind of stuff. It was pre-scripted. And I remember at a certain point very early in my career when I, just right after I started, I had breakfast with my dad. And I said, everyone kept sort of telling me, oh, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. It's a topsy-turvy business. And I said, oh, dad, I said, you don't get it. I'm going to dominate. And he's like, why? And how do you figure? And I said, turns out all these guys aren't even funny. Right. There's no, there's not, there's not much, there's not much there, there. And thus I will always be employed because not that I'm great. It's how bad everyone else. I've always said that. I don't think I'm the greatest orator around. I don't think I'm the greatest this side or the other thing. It's what's the competition. Yeah. And that goes in almost any field. Well, the competition I found, is a great combination if you have a business and you're up against them and your business is you being you and me being me. It's a combination of lazy and grandiose. Yeah. Which well, is the a, grandiose is the one that will kill you. Yeah. And so zero work ethic with sort of inflated um, – Sense of ac- self-worth. Access yeah. of personal abilities. <laughs> and that, that means easy pickings whether it's getting into the ring, getting in the courtroom or doing a podcast. Right. Or running for president. Right. All right. Oh, we got to talk about Trump, too. Uh, I'll just write uh, down Trump, make myself a note. All right. So as promised, the, the Michael, this is it. Do we have a drum roll? The Michael Richards, uh, the Michael Richards debate I got into with Gloria Allred. And again, I think that was from 08. Maybe it was 07, 08, somewhere in there. I believe it was 06. 06. Wow. Right. That was when the incident was. So that would yeah, indicate. Right. So we're coming up on a decade of. Michael Richards not working, <laughs> but we can hear uh, me, her and I debate this. And then I want to know your feelings on what is punishment. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm happy to do this. I am going to answer if you will answer my question. I do think it was wrong what he did. You I'm, don't think he should suffer a consequence? I don't necessarily say he shouldn't. He will and has. Like what? How has he been punished? Well, first off, we're talking about what a jackass he is on a national radio oh, so show. Well, one some would say it's the ultimate in a certain sense. Well, I don't know, and I'll tell you why. I why is it. giving away money the ultimate punishment? Isn't well, your name being tarnished the ultimate punishment? Uh, let me address your issue. Yes. That if he's talked about, that's punishment enough. For some people, that enhances their career if they're celebrities. The name recognition alone now is a lot bigger and broader and wider than ever before, and maybe... It will actually result, as it did for Hugh Grant, in a lot more career opportunities. Well, Hugh Grant had an established film career. That's a, a poor example of somebody whose career was moved along by being no, with a transvestite. I'm people who have come back strong from what appears to be a scandalous situation. I'm sure you would agree with that. Well, yeah, it's, it's possible. But I think if you asked Michael Richards whether he prefer, or Michael Richards' representation as publicist or as agents, whether they prefer this incident happen or not, they would have... Of course, say no. Well, that's not the question of whether they would prefer it happen. The question is, will it enhance his career? No. And we don't know the answer to that Yes, yet. we do. You're the answer is no. no. Because you've got a crystal ball that I don't have. No, I have a crystal brain that thinks logically. <laughs> well, you, don't, you really don't know about these things. So the point is, 
We'll leave this up. I do know. I do know this hasn't helped him just like O.J. Case wasn't helped by what he did. Well, There's many examples Michael, of it. Uh, you know, Michael Richards of killing anyone. It's a little right. different. No, I'm saying, look, what he did was wrong, and he deserves to be punished. He is being punished. He's being humiliated. Well, you think that's... See, I think he's been out there looking for sympathy from the public, and uh, but we're looking... And, You're and looking for concerned. money. He, he's been concerned, rightfully so, about the damage to his career. Now, we're concerned mm-hmm. about the damage to our clients and to the victims. Now, you don't think that people who are African-American who are called the N-word over and over and over again are at all victims. And I understand that's your point of view. No, I didn't, I didn't say they weren't victims. Well, are they or not? I don't, I don't know how to decide who's a victim and who isn't by words that are said to them. Well, because see, that's up that's to easy. them. But see, here's, no, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's easy for you because you want money. But here's the deal. If somebody calls me a cracker and I'm very hurt by that, then maybe I'm a victim. If someone calls me a cracker and it doesn't bother me, then I'm not a victim. So I can't tell you who's a victim. I can tell you who's a victim of arson. I can tell you who's had a bone broken. I can't tell who's been victimized by words well, that that's up to them i should join your firm huh well i was gonna say that was a very good argument do you realize your if i'm offended then i'm a victim if i'm not offended um then i'm not is actually um already articulated in the law it's called an eggshell plaintiff if you are you know you if you offend somebody or if you hurt somebody and they have a pre-existing condition that's an eggshell plaintiff and so then you got to pay the consequences for that so and also i like the crystal Ball, crystal brain, that was pretty good. Well, don't argue with a comedian, by the way. We don't have a crystal ball. I told her I had a crystal brain, and that I, meaning, I can't predict the future. I'm just smart, and I can tell you that this is not helping. And I always like it when I say, look, I think if you talk, she said, is this going to help his career or is this not going to help this, his career? And I said, if you spoke to his publicist and he spoke to his agent and you gave them a choice of whether this happened or didn't happen, I think they would choose. Nay, I know they would choose that this did not, did not happen. happen. And, and she does the, well, that's not what we're here to talk about. No, it is. You just brought that up. And I'm talking about his agency. And I look at Hulk Hogan. Uh, (laughs) there's boom Uh, you know 10 years almost 10 years later same thing there's certain taboos you don't come back from and as you say the publicist just will drop the publicist will drop you in these cases i mean they're just gonna yeah you're done you're so you're radioactive when she's arguing neither one of us knows if this is going to enhance his career or not she's lying or as I like to say, stupid or liar. Well, the, it's, it's one or the other. <laughs> the you know you think about you know she would probably or or people would say, well, look at Kim Kardashian and the the sex tape. And I, to me, that's qualitatively different. That's not one of the. She issues. reached out to the African community with her ass. <laughs> That is an offering. That is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the black community since they dropped Jim Crow. Are you kidding me? I mean, the so yes, some scandals enhance, some don't, and it's well, not it's not brain surgery to figure out which do and which don't. Well, the things. Well, first off, the, of the brain, ones crystal the, brain, <laughs> crystal brain surgery. The, the ones, the ones that enhance. If no one has heard of you, such as a 19-year-old Kim Kardashian, then it will enhance because you have a choice between zero or zero. I right, mean, exactly. You were, you were 
Paris Hilton's assistant, and right. now you vaulted Paris Hilton, and you know people say who is Paris Hilton? Right. So a scandal will be good for your name if we've never heard your name before, and if you've got um, if you've got some talent at uh, or some instinct for taking it to the next level from there and playing on it. Sure. So I, I think we can agree now that the dust has settled on this case that Michael Richards did not. His career was not His aided. career, well, yeah, I was going to say, I think we've got a decade of uh, non-working that is pretty good empirical evidence. In fact, that almost takes you out of the realm of circumstantial and puts you into direct evidence. Now. Yeah, so now. I should get my apology. You probably, why now. don't we invite her to come back on and we'll play it for her and ask her what she thinks now. <laughs> and I'll tell her I'll be the judge on this. Doesn't she play judge on TV anyway? On some <laughs> TV show? I think Gloria does. And I think Gloria's a good sport. We'll bring her on and we'll see if she wants to give you an apology. Uh, all right. Well, no, she can, she can, she can, we can play stupid or liar. Right. She well, can, that's a, we can, can do either that. admit she was lying or just admit she's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, usually give everyone the benefit of the doubt and assume they're just liars. Okay. Which is right. They, better than being stupid. Exactly. Because you can stop lying, but you exactly. can't stop being stupid. stupid. Exactly. <laughs> Write that one down. Good. That's another. He's going to be 50 aph- aphorisms by Adam. That's right. They'll name a beach after me. Right. Just down at Temescal Canyon before. before. <laughs> if you were local, you'd be laughing at yes, that. Yes, exactly. Will you'd get it. Yeah. Um, so what about and how much would you argue – for this man has already been punished the way we we're talking the previous show about the dentist and his business being shut down. I mean, you're talking about a man's talking about livelihood. Right. And if you want to talk about the ultimate punishment, I mean, yeah, cutting someone a check for 500 grand is fine, but li- shutting down your livelihood is that's, that's I, a death sentence. This, to me, this is one again, once again, what's our theme today? Brain. It's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. And this is an, and I will tell you why. I cannot tell you how many times I've had somebody who is high profile because the great kind of test tube of this argument is somebody who is in the public eye. And when somebody's in the public eye and there's potentially a scandal, because kind of what I, you know, a portion of my practice is handling that crisis management is the uh, the term du jour. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's either a scandal, a criminal prosecution potentially, or a civil case. Um, as my mother used to say, if it's a civil case, it's only about money. Okay. So you can write a check. You can, you know, especially if you're high profile and if you've got some talent, you're, you're going to earn that money back at some point. So that's about money. If I give a guy a choice, if I say, look, you can go and and nobody will ever know that you're going to go do a a probationary sentence for this offense in a criminal case. And nobody's ever going to know about it, um, and it'll make the whole case go away, and nobody will hear about it every single time somebody will opt for that. But if I tell them, and they've got a career of any kind, no, you've got to be publicly shamed, humiliated, say you're guilty, do this, do that, the other thing, nobody opts for that. I've never had a guy opt for that, anybody who's got uh, two neurons firing. Right. So, so that answers, I think, it's a it's a no-brainer slam dunk that – the shaming, the public humiliation, and I think anybody who who is in crisis management, PR, whatever you want to call this, you know, the term du jour would agree with that, don't you? I, I completely agree. And as I said to Gloria, when your when your name is tarnished and your reputation is tarnished, especially in this town, that is 
the ultimate punishment, spending, you know, cutting a check. By the way, if you're wealthy, cutting a check is not punishment at all. And as I said to her, why somehow is giving money punishment? That's a way to escape punishment. I mean, if you just broke it down to its most basic ingredients and elements, if you said to somebody, look, uh, you're going to get caned. You're going to get caned in the town square, and I mean really caned. And this guy's one of the top caners, and he was the runner-up in the caning right. in, 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 in the caning competition uh, last year. Or you just go to your ATM and get out 300 bucks. Who wouldn't choose the ATM? Well, I mean, that's, I that's think, punishment versus Exactly, money. and I think that the whole reason um, that – she, Gloria, specifically is successful in what she does is because she offers people before she goes into a press conference, do you want the shaming option or do you want to write a check? And if people always chose the shaming option, you know, the firm wouldn't be around. And that's kind of – that's the basis for, I don't know, 50 percent – 45% of the civil law, the civil justice system, that you either settle pre-litigation or you settle post-litigation and you make a decision, a calculation. How much is it worth? Can I can I stand the hit to my brand if I'm a large corporation or would I rather get out of this and write a check? What? Uh, so I have, I have two questions. I'll, you know, I'll ask them and then we'll get to both of them. One is, what is our sort of moral responsibility, which is everybody thinks, well, we should hop on Twitter and have this dentist who you can think of this guy what you think, but uh, he's evidently a decent father. I mean, he has kids, I guess younger kids or just kids. He's a family guy, I guess. He pays his taxes. You know, he's a citizen, you know. at what well, point, he's obviously making some money because he could pay fifty grand right. to go out and but kill a kill a destroying icon lion. Destroying iconic. where's the, so as far as more moral obligations go, are you more uh, morally obligated to shame this guy in the in the form of public opinion, or how about the moral obligation of being part of the people that shut down his livelihood? And his potential to raise a family, even. Yeah, well, the that's part of the criticism you always hear about the Twittersphere, and and that that aspect of it worries me because that rush to judgment about somebody before you know all the facts is one of the things that I think is is a real big problem for the justice system where people are already judged guilty of a crime before anybody knows all the facts and then it takes generally you know two or three news cycles before you hear oh but what about this oh or what about this and something that counteracts it so there is a problem there I don't know if it's moral a, a moral problem uh, as much as it's just this idea that um, people love a good lynching. I mean, that's been the history well, of America. The, the, the loving the good lynching part is the part that's disturbing me. And I'm just going to write down so I don't forget. Gloria Allred's firm, and you don't have to give me exact percentages and you may not know, but when it comes to settling up something like this before – 
She then gets into the shaming. I'm holding a press conference in front of the wall. Phil Spector had a wall of sound. She has a wall of books. <laughs> she sits in front of um, – is she getting 40%? Is she getting 30%? Is she getting 25%? Is she getting 50%? I would imagine no different than what we do, which is generally 40%. It can go up to 50% depending on how hard the case is. I mean, it used to be that that was unconscionable. Now there's a, a different views. But, you know, to some degree, um, the concept of plaintiff's contingency work is a beautiful thing because – Generally, people cannot afford to come into your office and hire you if you're a lawyer and you've got overhead right. um, and they don't have the money because you're getting billed by the hour. Plus, as I always tell clients, the the nothing will make you hate your lawyer more than getting billed by the hour. I mean, right. by the second bill, you've been there. Yes. Uh, by the second bill, you want to kill the guy. Wait, what do you mean I just paid 500 bucks for talking to you for 20 minutes because <laughs> it took me 45 times to get a hold of you? You know, I mean, it's just you hate the lawyer. So contingency work is basically put up or shut up, meaning the lawyer only gets paid if the lawyer makes the money. And in, in cases where people are hurt or there's a consumer issue or something like that, it's the greatest kind of concept in the world. Well, and so then the public – so glorious business is getting this stuff, getting it, getting a paycheck for a client, whacking off a nice chunk for herself and moving on. Well, that's a – and look, I'll defend her to the death for that. But that's, the, what, that's, that's, that's what she her, does. But, she's, but her business also has something that – and this is going to be wildly unpopular with the, uh, with the public. But I will tell you, she has done some really spectacular work in bringing certain things to light. Yep. You can always take – the worst case scenario and then identify it. But, you know, anytime you kind of raise an unpopular issue, um, sometimes you're ahead of your time. Sometimes you're not. And so it's a tough thing to see. The the part, this whole public lynching that you, you're speaking about, about, about how everyone loves it, it it's, it's a part that it, it's not a flattering part of of our collective I'm, psyche. Yes. Very well said. And I think instead of embracing it, grabbing a torch and hitting the streets, we should stop for just a moment, find a mirror and sort of say, I know this is carved into all of our DNA and it's been there for as long as we've had virgins and volcanoes. But let's stop for one second. And again, we're not grabbing the virgin and running up to the volcano anymore. Now we're hopping on our computers and firing out some sanctimonious right. bullshit. Right. But, and you, you get an anonymous Twitter account or you create a phony name and, and troll. Right. But let's really think about that because it's sort of and – I, and I wish we had I, – I, I wish we were more introspective about it because – there's that we've all experienced that that thing where you have your girlfriend, your girlfriend dumps you, she starts dating some other guy, and then at some part seven months from now you run into her and him at a party, and then with your friend and blah blah blah, and they walk, you say hi, and they're cordial, and they walk away, and you want to turn, you want to turn to your friend and go, 
Jenny's really put some weight on, hasn't she? <laughs> Boy, look at him. Boy, you, you usually don't right. see that kind of receding hairline well, until the 40s. 40s. That guy's exactly. in his or mid-20s. He's already got the widow's peak on. <laughs> so he does, uh, yes, what do you say, four or five coin-op laundries. <laughs> that doesn't sound like very lucrative work to me. I am not saying anything. I wish him well. But, uh, right, exactly. Boy, I, don't wanna, some, I don't want to say anything I bad about anybody know. behind their back. But, but uh, uh, Oh, she's going for the seven layer, dude. Yeah, Perhaps yeah. someone should tell her to steer away from that and uh, head yeah, toward the hiccup. Go get the crudite uh, yeah, plate. Yeah, she uh, really should be staying away from the seven layer, dude. Mm-hmm. Really packed it on. I didn't even recognize it. You recognize it? <laughs> so our, our impulse is to do that. Yeah. That's well, the impulse is your impulse. And I don't know if it's American or anything else, is to go dirty early. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 that it's it's that our impulse is, you know, I always say if there's seven women who've decided to go out to have brunch and one of them couldn't make it. There'll be six women talking shit, shit about, about that, this, one, that one boy, woman. Boy, you're not kidding. That ain't, now, yeah. women do it more than men. But And then when those, five of those six get with the one, they'll be talking about the right. other one that wasn't there. So right. that and is that our, goes away. And by the way, in the interest of equal opportunity slamming, goes for guys too? Yes. I, I do think that women have, and I've talked to Dr. Drew about this before, they have an even greater capacity for it because their bio. Their biology would suggest that in order to get the guy, to get the the sperm of the alpha male, they must go after each other well, to, to some degree. They, I read in a novel once a expression that was, women want the best man that they can get. Men want the most women that they can get. <laughs> That's right. That was, I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, thought, whether it's true or not. What does Drew say about the biology of that? Does he, does he get mad at you and tell you uh, and cane you? Or does he, no, uh, he say he, there's a biological imperative there that we should know about? He, uh, he tells me the story about um, – I, I, I think it was Roosevelt, but I'll try to, I'll try to figure it out. But – he was uh, touring a, a chicken farm. This is one of Drew's favorite stories. Okay. <laughs> I'm so bad that I tuned it out and forgot about it. But <laughs> he was, tuning, tour, he was uh, taking a tour of a farm, okay. as a president might do, I guess, with his first lady. And he, the, the farmer pointed out that, the, that the, the rooster, basically one rooster takes care of all hundred chickens. Right. And, uh, you know... She sort of, the first lady, I don't know if it's Eleanor, I guess, turned to him and said, uh, wow, so he's doing it a hundred times a day. And he turned back and said, yeah, but with a hundred different chickens. Right. Exactly. Like, like, okay. That's what guys want. Right. Well, there is, there's something about that. I guess what guys want, but I'm sure that the women would say they want the exact same thing. And I, you know, I just don't know if that's true. No, I I think not being a woman. I I think their biology drives them in a slightly different direction. Although now, that it's become a little clouded and a little muddy. The biology but, has been co- become clouded. I, yes, don't you I think? Mean, well, but can we talk about this? Or I, is this I do. Uh, I yeah. do. Yes. I mean, between uh, Caitlyn Jenner and Ronda Rousey, right. it's, we're starting to cross a little bit here, and we're starting to turn into a sort of a middle right zone. 
A DMZ. A middle zone, yes. A demilitarized zone. Okay, it was sorry. Calvin Coolidge. Coolidge. Yes, Coolidge. Coolidge. Do you have the, as I, again, I've screwed it up. Who is the but, chicken in every pot? That's uh, And uh, two cars in, in every, every garage. garage. Yeah. 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 I, I, was that Herbert Hoover? Probably. Yeah. I can look so, that up in just a moment. So, right. Calvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover. We've really gone. Uh, we've gone retro. So what about this instinct, this schadenfreude, this, this lynching? This, I believe it's a schadenfreude sort of thing. I, I believe there's a lynch mob mentality, and there's also a mentality of, Jesus Christ, I'm so glad that's not, not me. Yeah, yes, they're, or, they're, mean, or even almost there, but for the grace of God. Uh, right. oh, oh, I wouldn't want to be I've done a bunch of stupid shit before, <sighs> and if oh, thank God there wasn't a guy with a camera there when I was doing uh, it. You I know? say that all the time, and I say that to prosecutors when I deal with them, is God forbid. I remember the one of the first times I went into... Um, um, uh, into a juvenile court when I first started practicing. And I came back and I told my father afterwards, Jesus, if I had known then, back when I was a kid, what I know now, I could have had you prosecuted. You know, I mean, every time you took out a, took off your belt and right. ripped me with it or, uh, or you, some prosecutor wants to send my uh, poor, you know, 18 or 19 year old away to state prison for possession of this, that or the other thing and say to the guy, really, you never have done any kind of, you know, at 18 or 19, something stupid. You're going to take this guy out of the box and destroy him. Well, I mean, who hasn't told some racially themed joke? Who hasn't screamed in, in a in, in a fit of rage, I'm going to kill you, or right. I wish you were never right. born. Wish or, you were never born. Or, or some sort of God. threatening, whatever. I'm I, not talking about to your kid, but to your spouse, to right. your neighbor, like whatever it was. If it was caught on film. Ten, maybe eight years ago, I had a 15-year-old kid who they filed felony uh, back then, it was called terrorist threats. They've now changed to make it a little bit more politically correct, called criminal threats. Because on IM, remember IMs? The he said, yeah, they, you know, the kids get back then they would get together and they would do that. That was before texting was big. And the kid told one of the other women or girls, it was a girl, sleep with one eye open. They filed felony charges on that. Right. Sleep with one eye open. Right. Really? Because he'd seen it in a movie and right. thought it was cool. Yeah, like he even knew what it meant. Yeah, like exactly. Like if he hadn't seen that Batman return, right. he wouldn't know <laughs> the fuck that meant. It's I- unbelievable. And then, and why do we want to clog the criminal justice system with that kind of crap? I, I have no idea. But I, I can tell you the things that I did would have... A, in terms of, we, we spoke in the last show about, you know, my dad had a VW rag, rag top where he had this sort of, it wasn't a convertible, but he had that, he had that, that sunroof that was just made of vinyl that right. just slid all the way back. It was a big weird hatch on the top of that. I remember. And I would stand on the passenger seat and hang off it Leonardo DiCaprio Titanic style as we coasted down Coldwater Boulevard right. and Coldwater Canyon. And I stood, the car didn't have seatbelts anyway and not only that was always funny with the vw bugs the seat never even latched yeah it flapped back and then it flapped forward i, I know exactly look when i had i've talked about i had four or five paper routes when i was a kid and when it would rain i would beg my dad i said i want to you know ride the bike in the rain today can you please take me we had a station wagon i would sit they put the back window down the station wagon i'd sit on the 
out on the station wagon, the, the back gate, gate the whatever. Gate. Yeah. And I would sit and I would throw the papers. Feet hanging off. Feet hanging off. And I would deliver papers to the house you live in right now. I mean, I remember <laughs> delivering the, the La Cunata Crescenta Valley ledger to your house. And, and if my dad was pulled over today for doing that, they would, you know, that'd be felony child endangerment. Well, so let me ask this, and and the problem is we got too much. We got too much here, but <laughs> I, 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 I just want to end this by saying, for all of those who want to go out and pile on whatever the situation may be, and there's one that's going to pop up every other day in the news. Exactly. Stop and mean. think about that reptilian part of your brain, that old native part, that 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 superstitious native that let's throw them into the volcano sort of thing that lives in all of us and say, am I really interested in this topic and the injustice that it presents or am I just exercising that part? Because um, the, the guy having his life and basically his career and reputation and his children's career and reputation or reputation ruined and possible career ruined is enough for me. Right. I, I don't need to go any further than that. I just and, don't understand. I mean, it's really, it's really like stepping on, stepping on the neck, and then putting the gun to the head, and then pulling the trigger. On yeah. Top so of it. we like, we have ugh. we have effectively shamed this guy now. Uh, but back to the kids, and then I'm interested. And I had this conversation this very afternoon with my daughter. Which is, I brought my son and my daughter in with me to work as as I as I often do, and then at some point, nanny or the or the nanny or Lynette or whoever, some someone comes and picks them up, takes them off to some farm filled with trampolines and zip lines and shit, kind of shit you'd go to once a year, maybe if you were lucky. Oh, maybe if you were like, lucky. Oh, Johnny Benskin's having a birthday, and we get to go go karting. Yeah, no, no, this is every day. It's laser tag, trampoline world, zero gravity world. You know, I remember the? Do you remember the? Uh, do you ever have the field trips? We went. I swear, in third grade, the Helms Bakery, mm-hmm. um, the old Helms Bakery, which is yeah, on Culver now. City. Yeah, and you would get it would be like you'd see the bakers and you'd get a donut and an eclair, and you would think this you had not lived till you'd gone to Helms Bakery. I went. If you want to, I don't want to. I don't want to one up your one down you in the in the field trip department, but in I don't even know if it's still there in uh, Eagle Rock. Was the Laurie's oh. Seasoning oh, Factory. Yeah. And oh, we took yeah. a tour of a place that manufactured taco seasoning. <laughs> exactly. And as a parting gift, we got a small packet <laughs> of, of the taco, taco seasoning, <laughs> which could mean nothing to an 11-year-old. <laughs> Zero. You want to know something? What they ended up doing is they took that a whole generation of kids who went through there because we went through there too right and they turned it into do you remember that place that they created outdoor the, the outdoor eating, lowry's garden, yes. garden yeah, whatever Mexican it was food, and yeah. for like 15 years that became a destination yes. down there at the bottom of eagle rock in the northeast la and people would go there until finally i think society woke up and said why are we going to an outdoor place right next to the home depot and, <laughs> right. and for, that's named after C. 
seasoning. Yeah. Well, that's where we went to our... Yeah. Yeah. So this is where the paprika is processed. Right, exactly. This is scintillating. <laughs> My <laughs> head's going to explode. <laughs> Here's the MSG yeah. uh, container. <laughs> My kids would set that place on fire <laughs> if that's where we took them now. But yeah. anyway. Well, they torch you in your car. They're right. So, so yesterday was trampoline world, and today was laser tag. Right. And uh, so we're, we're getting back to the... The the young Mark Gergos said with all the uh, uh, paper routes and dad and the country squire lowering the tailgate and setting him on there and delivering those papers, which a great work ethic, by the way. But so I'm with my son, uh, Sonny, I'm with Natalia. We go over the other shop with all the Paul Newman cars and whatnot. And at a certain point, my son, who loves running, he loves long distance running. That's wow. it's it's a weird thing to be an. Where does that with. come from? I I don't know. I had a little bit of it, not in the running, but but I I had a little bit of that sort of endurance gene. But I certainly, you know, I was never I never ran a ten k in my life. But he loves running, which I, I like because it's a sort of a celebration right. of, of being a young kid. You know, a young boy running is just emblematic of freedom, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like it. The, I just can't imagine where it came from. It's not Lynette. Lynette's not a runner. No, she's uh, she's a nester. Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. I would, that, exactly. It's a very good term for Lynette. So I said, uh, we're at the other warehouse, and I had Natalia, and I had Sonny, and I said, all right, well, I'm going to go to the studio here. And Sonny said what he always says, can I run? I want to run there. And it's a block and a half, and there's one side street, and uh, there's no major traffic, and there's a sidewalk, and blah, blah, blah. And it's a it's a corridor that I walk 14 times a day back, right, and, back forth and forth in between the two warehouses all day. And uh, and I also know I'm, I'm coming along in the car. I'll, I'm not going to be driving behind him on the sidewalk, but I'm, I'm pulling out and going that way too. So I always say to him, yeah, go ahead. Wow. Uh, and, and so sometimes You're a brave, brave man. Well, I, I sometimes I'll say to him like, "I'll race here, you, you yeah. go," and he gets excited. You know, he takes off, and and Natalia said, uh, "Oh no, 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 no!" And I said, "What? What's the problem? Mommy would not be a fan of Sonny. My, Sonny, no, nah." And I said, "Oh no, go ahead." And he, she said, "No, mommy doesn't want Sonny to to to, to do that." And I said. What? I said, Natalia, you, you have to realize, and I think we all need to realize, and it's something I need to convey to my wife. It's not all upside. It's not all, well, no risk of abduction or being run over, but no downside. No, there is downside. There's no independence. There's no freedom. There's no learning to find your way. There's, there's But you want to know something? That's a excellent example of the dichotomy between wanting to give your kids freedom and at the same time Lynette has internalized society's uh, shaming and that you know they can you imagine if somebody scooped him up next thing you know they'd file on you you'd be filed on oh well Lynette would file for divorce and then oh yeah then and there'd she, be criminal yeah, right exactly. first she'd 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 
Go it'd to be you a and race. You if you know it'd be a race between her and Nancy Grace. Nancy Grace <laughs> right. to have you on the missing children in, and that right. you were really had arranged the abduction, and Lynette to file on you and to seek a writ and, of attachment on all your assets. And and Mark, because he has a little something called dignity, would explain to Lynette after that teary-eyed phone call that he could not represent her in this case, but that he would happily give her a referral. Exactly. <laughs> and I'd refer to I'd refer poor Lynette to the worst lawyer I know. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's as a professional courtesy. That'll be our deal. Okay. So I said – Or you could do. You know what the new technique is? Mm. You go to the five best family law lawyers and consult with them um, so that they're all conflicted out and they can't can't, uh, represent Lynette. I I try to explain to Natalia that there is some downside to not – being able to, to 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 not being able to participate in this life, right? And that when I was young, of course, all these stupid things. When I was a kid, you know, I'd just get on my huffy bike and I'd leave at eight. Do in the anything morning, you come, want, exactly. Do everything, right, I, right everything I wanted. But and I I would not have them do what I did. I would not have them stand up in a sixty three year old VW and coast down Coldwater standing on the sit, passenger sit seat. on the back of a sixty four Pontiac and deliver right. papers on the tailgate in the middle of the rain. Getting uh, carbon monoxide poisoning <laughs> exactly. all the way. Because there is no when you do sit in the back of a car that way, it does create a vacuum and it does suck in a pre catalytic converter days. That's exactly but, right. But either way I had to explain that there's a little bit of a balance here and that this is 99% safe and that's enough for me. Like it does not – not everything needs to be 100% safe and – I'll give up the 99% to get to 25% boost in independence yeah, and, and self-assurance and right, reliance. And, and the idea that there's a little bit of – that with the independence comes a little bit of risk, and that gives – that's part of, I think, what will make somebody successful. Yes. So we – Because if you always take the – if you embrace conformity uh, and what you think is conformity, that's very difficult to overcome. Well, we're it, we're living in a time where we just assume that the safest is the best, and that makes you the best parent. But what we're not factoring in is unintended consequences of a lot of the actions that we're participating in. So. As I always tell people, I don't use Purell, and they go, why not? And I go, I like germs, and I like them to fight off the bad germs. And so far as the guy, I argue with people that have been sick earlier that week, and I'm I'm going on a decade plus of being sick. So, But they're still arguing with me, right, vehemently so arguing with me. And I say, you know, my technique's been working out pretty good. good right. And <laughs> I know you want every kid dipped in Purell, but – you may be weakening them in the big picture, and that should be factored into today's activities. That's a, that's a great um, that's a great kind of petri dish to to analogize to, because if you're saying that you're constantly cleaning and you're constantly sanitizing, then nobody ever gets to fight off the adversity. Right. So we live in a world where Lynette and all the ladies that lunch are under the impression that if they can just Put the GPS device on the kid's ankle so they know where they are at all times. Well, how about can... implanting the uh, the chip in the shoulder, which is you know something that people talk about? That's the scariest thing of all. Yeah, I took uh, I took my son and uh, I took my son and my daughter to the racetrack a few weeks ago on uh, Father's Day, and uh, 
my my son said, "Can I go to the bathroom?" You know, and I said, "Yeah, go to the bathroom. I can see it from here." And these are just a bunch of good guys who race vintage cars, and it's not a dicey situation. And I want you to have that, whatever you get from doing that. Versus, now I'm going to hold your hand, and we're going to walk over there, and I'll stare at you at peeing for a while, and then you can come back, and we'll dip you in Purell and wash up real good, and then we'll walk it back again. I don't believe there's any muscles that are getting strengthened. Right. It's kind it, of an that's a program for atrophy. I I agree. So you are who you are because of your experiences, and some of them could have ended up in disaster. Yeah, and there's and and some will. Um, right. Whether it's disaster or adversity, I guess is what is. Well, any kind of adversity is not a bad thing necessarily. In fact, I think adversity in in doses is uh, something that's healthy. Well, I I always say that whenever the Russians, the cosmonauts, go up and they spend uh, eight months in the space center. They lose a lot of bone mass and muscle mass because there's no gravity. Right. And adversity is essentially gravity. Right. It's essentially doing push-ups in a zero-gravity environment. It's not going to do you any good. Not doing any good. What's Gravity is adversity. Right. It's something that's pushing against you. Is that going to be another one of Adam's aphorisms? Gravity is adversity. Can we put that down? What was the other one? You never know what you don't know until you don't know it. I, I, I almost had it. They don't know. They don't care. They don't care to know. There you go. I like that. Maybe that should be our mantra. We'll start with reasonable doubt for a reasonable fee and we'll end with they don't know. They don't care. They don't know what they – They don't what, care to know. They don't care to know. I got it. How um, I'm going to talk about uh, something for a second, uh, stamps.com. But I want you to think about that part where so many people just don't care, don't know, and don't care to know. I, I, I don't I, even I, get me started I, on that. I, but I, mean, I like I, the stamps.com because I, you know, why I like stamps.com because it, I, I think it's a, the most clever way in this age where everybody wants to merchandise or brand or do whatever it is. Mm. This is the greatest idea in the world, I think. Oh, you're so kind. Stamps.com. Yeah, well, you don't have to go to the post office. We use it here, by the way, in the back of the shops, all full of books and posters and T-shirts and all the stuff we send out. What's more useless right now, the post office or the library? Well, the library, you can look, look. use a computer for free. Right? Okay, so good. So then post there office, go. Yeah, I, I, I often I picture... If I could illustrate it, I, I'd, I'd uh, it, it'd be in the um, New York Times tomorrow. But I, I picture a penny, a post office, and a library, a library? all sitting on a bench just lamenting like. their uselessness. <laughs> you know, or maybe leaning against the wall at a school <laughs> dance. Yeah, going, what, what happened to us? What what happened did, us? When did this happen? We were the bell of the ball, <laughs> and now this. <laughs> yep, you can buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer. Twenty, Go to the library, use their computer. And uh, that's right. That's right. We use it here. You use it there. Special offer. Use the promo code DOUBT. Promo code DOUBT for a no-risk trial. $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale. 55 bucks free postage. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click the microphone. Top of the homepage, type in DOUBT. All right, so, uh, Mark, yeah, the people not knowing and not caring and not wanting to know, is that – is it sad to you? It's sad yeah, to me. Yeah, it is sad. You know, I will – you know what it – this is so bizarre, and I will talk about it because it's a very it's a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. But 
my heroes, I've said many times, is my father, who w- was encyclopedic in his legal knowledge when I was mm-hmm. growing up. I mean, before there was a LexisNexis or a Westlaw, I could ask him about a case. The guy would – he could tell you not only who the judge was, who the parties were. He knew most of them. I mean, he would read all the case law and, and witty and the whole thing. And now he's late 80s and he's got mental issues and, and – um, Interestingly, how about this for a thought? He it's he never wanted to be like this mentally, um, but he's content in a bizarre way. Um, you know, um, it's he was always thought of by some people as a curmudgeon. There's legends about him getting into it with prosecutors around town, and he was a prosecutor for 13 years and a hard charging guy. But now that he doesn't know, doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Seems to be happier or content in a weird way because there's no up, there's no down, and it's just kind of like uh, you know the uh, lights are on but nobody's home in a weird way. Well, what, what do you think that means? Well, obviously, no. It's hard to enjoy a hot dog at the ball game if you know exactly how the meat is processed, processed. and you've been right. on tour. Instead yes, which of, we did. Didn't you go to Farmer John's out in I the... would rather go to a rendering <laughs> plant than to Laurie's seasoning plant again. But yes, it is it, it knowing too much. And look, I, as somebody who does reality shows, don't enjoy reality shows quite as much because I know what's cooking in the kitchen. Right. You, you right. know what I mean? I know right. it's not a bunch of French Michelin rated chefs, a bunch of illegals back there cooking. Right. And so <laughs> you don't really want to go into the kitchen of life. Sit outside with the nice ambiance right. and the guy playing the, the violin. Right. right. Yeah. With, with the breeze blowing. And so there is a responsibility to being a person that's interested because when you hear about something good or bad, your mind begins to investigate it. Right. And you hopefully you're engaged and you want to know. I mean, that's curiosity. But it's curiosity mixed with responsibility meets calorie calories burned. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're, you know, your head hits the pillow every night and you just Boom, you go right to bed. No, your head hits the pillow and there's a million two thoughts rattling around in your head about what could have, would have, or should have been done. uh, I think you and I, and maybe the more you think this way, there's a greater sense of – you're more upset by injustice when you think this way. Like, there's a lot of, but I don't, why? It's not fair. It's you not, know, you know, I, I said to I, people all the time, it's just not fair that this I, is that. Why should this person be rewarded? Blah, 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 blah. And then someone goes, oh, I don't know. Who cares? And you go, what do you mean, who cares? I, I, the opposite. I have, I get so mad at myself for thinking. Sometimes I'll sit at night and just say, there is not enough time to try to help all the, situations that are unjust in a day. I mean, you know, I, the most frustrating thing about my practice right now is I will get 20 to 30 inquiries a day, either phone calls or internet inquiries, and you wish you could take them all or you wish you could solve them or maybe 50% of them are people that are 5150, which is right. the Insane. code section for right. crazy and a harm for themselves. But there's a lot of injustice and you, where do you, you know, kind of chop the line. And the only reason that you that you feel that way is because you're curious, because you want to know, how could this happen? Yes, and uh, I feel the exact same way, not about the law, of course, but, I mean, I have 
the fans and I get tweets, you know, hey, we're drinking Mangria. We love it over here. We're calling from Indiana or we're riding from Indiana, my wife and I or whatever. And you get a thousand of those tweets and you, you can't thank every single one of them. It's, it's exactly. a sort of a at the end of the show, the line queues up. There's a couple hundred people. I sign the autographs. I take the pictures. But this is 10,000 people. You're just never going to get to you're all of them. You're never going to get to uh, Otherwise, you're going to be like Reggie Jackson at Cooperstown and right. somebody accusing you of uh, him belting him because this guy keeps asking for the same autograph over and over again. So your dad... It, well, thank God he made hay while the sun was shining, and he used that great intellect of his for good. And which and, is and exactly raise. right. That's what I say. And then, and but you know, it's interesting because you look at that, and you say, "Is that where I'm headed? Do I ever want to be there?" And I, ta- I used to talk to him about it, and he never wanted to be like this. Right, but of course, the caveat is: is if you don't know you're that way, right? That's what I'm saying. So there's the, the dilemma there, the philosophical dilemma. Does he get a big smile on his face when my niece, who's seven or eight years old, uh, comes and sees him? Yeah, he gets a big smile on his face. I mean, does you know? Does he enjoy eating sweets? Yeah, he enjoys eating sweets. But uh, you know, it's incredibly challenging to sit there with somebody who was the smartest guy in the room at all times, the most encyclopedic knowledge, and then see him like this i guess uh, that's the challenge well the one thing i have from a family standpoint on garrigus is when i've always said when my dad dies it'll be a lateral move for him (laughs) 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 all right well and on that on that happy note uh, we'll play pick your plaintiff next time (laughs) we got too much to get into reasonable doubt tell a friend subscribe do it on itunes listen on the uh, corolla digital app uh, write a review and uh, give us a good review spread the word it's fun for mark i mean you know this ain't my first rodeo but uh, mark mark's having a good time over here i am i'm enjoying charts and doing all the fun stuff and uh, the website's coming soon. I'll tell you that. So, till next time, Adam Carl for Mark Garrigus and Gary Haftard saying mahalo. Thanks for listening to Reasonable Doubt. Tune in next Saturday for an all-new episode. This is Corolla Digital. Hi, this is Jillian. Those of us here at Court Junkie have a new podcast called Civil, where we dive into fascinating civil cases, like in the case of a principal who took it upon himself to hypnotize students as a hobby. Then many of those students ended up dead. Or when a man was publicly and wrongfully accused of being the I-10 freeway shooter. We'll also be covering popular civil cases you've likely heard of, like O.J. Simpson and Alex Jones versus the parents of Sandy Hook. This is AC. I have O.J. in the car. Sandy Hook, it's got inside job written all over. Hosted by me, Jillian Jalali, researched by Nicole Gusmarati, and written by Matt Stroud and Nick Kepler. If you like following criminal trials like I do, I think you will love Civil. Subscribe to us now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>